1: Welcome to Celtics Stuff Live with the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. John and Justin here once again. We didn't take an extra week off, John. Back to back weeks, we're sticking to the plan. And That's crazy, it's only been two games, but but we're sticking to the plan, and it's it's a it's a pretty good plan. The only thing wrong with this plan is the Celtics haven't won a game since the last time we came on this show. Yeah,
0: That's not the way it's supposed to work. It's supposed to be like more wins than losses and and all that. They won the last two before our last show. Then they lost two. So they're now going to go on the road on a really tough road trip. I'm thinking if this alternating weeks of like wins versus losses, they have like four games again before we play, before we were probably likely to record again. So maybe that means they win all four. Maybe they'll the, be back the in
1: first place because two shows ago, right. they were in first place. Yeah, so that's the way it
0: should work, I think. I think that's I,
1: just... I do, too.
0: That's just math. Hashtag math on that one is what I think. <laughs> We're going to yeah. hashtag that math. Hashtag. <laughs> Jesus, I don't even know what that means. But but I said it. It has it something to, to do with thing.
1: Twitter and that's social right. media, I think.
0: That's right. Hey, kids. <laughs> How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs>
1: I'm hashtagging with my fingers right now, That's just a,
0: for you. Yeah, thank you. Makes me feel so much younger just to hear that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I everybody knows we're the young, you know, upstart podcast.
0: <laughs> Couple fresh face fresh faced lads on the new on the beat trying to cut their skin in this wild wacky world of podcasting.
1: Would it be great Let's if we could get credentials?
0: <laughs> nah, that never happened. Never happened. I would let a bunch of internet people talk to real, real stars. No way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> we're, we're reformed, credentialed people. I mean, that's that's kind of where we are. We're reformed. We're just, you know, we're in reform school probably, but uh, anyway. Oh, man. <laughs> Look, I, but speaking of reform, uh, this team needs a little bit of reform. Because, yeah, they went 0-2. You know, I don't think the Laker game was a bad loss. I think there's a lot of positives to take from that loss. Uh, Even though my Twitter mentions was absolutely filled with people convinced that Kemba Walker is the second coming. He is the Antichrist. I think he's, you know, bent on world domination and ruining their lives. Um, I'm not really sure what people are expecting out of Kemba Walker at this point in time, but... He missed a shot, and he didn't score a lot of points against the Lakers, so immediately he's a bum. Almost and didn't score anything. He can't do anything.
1: I mean. Oh, the, sure. But he's still going to shake that rust off, and I think the more frustrating thing is watching Smart go down with this injury, uh, especially because he's doing a, uh, probably the best job he's ever done in his career with distributing. He filled in in Walker's absence. Walker looks like he's got the spring in his step, but he's got a lot to get back to. You know, I think playing at the level that everybody really wants to see him play. Maybe smarts injury helps expedite that.
0: Well, maybe, but also I think. Note the inflection
1: and I, and I, of my voice. There's doubt there.
0: I thought you were you were Swedish or something. How I they mean, kind of, maybe, you know, I thought, you know, that's how, <laughs> anyway, I'm not. Yeah. Um, no, look, I think that they're. yeah, there's, we talked a lot about this, about how they're all going to meld together. And I, I don't believe that Marcus is this, you know, force bent on destroying the offense and, and out for himself. I don't believe that, but I do think that him not taking those shots, those 10, 12, 15 shots and dispersing those uh, to Kemba and, and some to Jalen and some to Jason, I think that's going to help to allow everyone to kind of mesh back in together a little bit easier on this West Coast trip. They're going to have a lot of games in short run. Kemba's not playing back-to-back games, but I think this is a a really good opportunity to get Kemba Walker back where they need him to be uh, and and, and hopefully blending into what these two guys are doing because for what those two were doing against the Lakers – I mean, if they got just a little bit out of Kemba Walker, 10, 12 points, they win that game. Yeah, it's awesome that those two are emerging
1: the way that they are. It does make you feel a little bit better. But, geez, could we just have a season without piling on with the injuries? And uh, we went out and got some vets, but it's looking like Tice – Really should be the starting center, which is a little scary thinking about next postseason. But then you watch that Lakers game and you think, well, maybe we're going to be okay because uh, that's the team that you had earmarked for why we would need that size. If we Absolutely. get to the if we get to the finals, we're going to need some help there. You know, Thompson will still be able to give us a little bit, but I thought Tyce did a great job in in the Lakers matchup. And you know how quickly I was. Willing to send him to the bench in favor of Thompson when the when the season was starting, but you know, watching it now, it's just I wish he could just get a break from the officials. And there are definitely times where he's fouling. I'm not trying to say that Tice doesn't, you know, have some moving screens or he does try to make up with his size uh, with some moves in the post, you know, some grabbing, and there there are definitely fouls there. But there's also some really ticky-tack ones that are ludicrous. And if he got a break, I think I'd feel a lot better in the postseason with him there. But then Time Lord, you know, he's out there playing pretty well. Um, Loved that pass from from Tatum, the behind the back. That was was awesome. But I guess I'm just a little concerned about the backcourt with all these injuries because Peyton Pritchard's out, Marcus Smart's out, Kemba can't play the second night of back-to-backs. Makes me a little concerned that the record is going to continue to slip.
0: Yeah, I you know no absolutely they're thin. I mean, there's um, you know if you if you like Carson Edwards, if you're if you're buying Carson Edwards stock, uh, maybe now's a good time. Teague, I don't know,
1: but yeah, you're right. Oh, Edwards will get lots of minutes, but well, maybe this is what gets Teague right. I, who knows? We oh. talked about the fact <laughs> that Teague needs the ball in his hands. The problem is, I just don't know how he gets Brown and Tatum involved, but maybe that's what he does need. Maybe he has to be out there with those guys and the message kind of gets sent that he's not just going to be a scorer when he comes out on the floor that he's got to facilitate a little bit more. Uh, I don't know because I don't, I don't see how you let Carson Edwards, like who's your starter at point guard. It has well, to be I, Teague.
0: I, well, so in the, in the non Kemba games, you're saying, yeah, I, I think they do start Teague for now. I mean, it'll be interesting to see who goes on the road trip, right? Will, you know, will they even bring Peyton Pritchard? Will they even bring Marcus? You know, if they, if, if one of them doesn't go or whatever, uh, or both of them don't go, it's going to be rough, you know, but, but yeah, I think you're right. You got to start team. Um, but maybe you don't actually, you know, that, that saying that, let me back up a second. Maybe you actually start someone like Carson Edwards. You know, and, and you just know that you're going to facilitate from Jalen and Jason. I mean, maybe that's where you are at this point. You're just going to have Kemba out there to – or not Kemba. You have Carson out there. For, I mean, come on. They, they're so similar. Uh, You know, you just have Carson <laughs> out there to facilitate you know, to, – not to facilitate, but just as a shooter. And, and to guard the opposing point guard.
1: Just exactly like we've job. seen over the last couple of years, you know, this is when they give the ball to Hayward. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, that's, that was the slot that he really helped fill when, when they've got a little, when they got a little, uh, lean in the backcourt, they could lean on him a little bit. So it's not going to, I mean, Brown might bring the ball up a lot, but Brown's not going to facilitate the offense. It's going to put a lot of pressure on Tatum, I think.
0: Yeah. So they've got a back to back. They play the Warriors and the Kings, uh, on uh well no excuse me we back up they don't have they play uh warriors tuesday they play the kings on wednesday so there's a back-to-back there um that will yeah you're gonna one of those games i'm guessing the kings game you're gonna probably have carson edwards right you're gonna have you know maybe you do have Teague but it just seems like if you well, don't Draymond have,
1: waters get some run
0: i think he has to i think he has this is to I mean, how do you not? You're not going to play Teague 30, 40 minutes. I I think there's an argument whether or not Teague should be playing ahead of uh, Carson Edwards at this point. I think there's an argument whether or not he should be playing ahead of Tremont Waters. I mean, he's been bad, so bad. I mean, it's just, there's no redemption. People want to talk about Tristan Thompson. At least he's moving up and down the court. it, It feels like there's some sort of... Understanding as to why he's been,
1: and he's getting uh, the rebound still. He's just he is not so fluid on offense. Yeah, but
0: I think that that's I'm I'm I don't think he was in good shape. He didn't have training camp at all. I'm I'm willing to give him some time. You know, all right, let's see where he is at the end of February. You know, if we're if we're still in March and we're having this conversation, um, you know, and we're leading up to the trade deadline, well then maybe you do cut bait on your on your MLE signing, which would be pretty tough. But, you know, at the same point, what else are you going to do? Um, but but I don't think we're there at that point. Teague has been an, a disaster in my mind. I think he's been an unmitigated disaster. After opening night and shooting so well against Milwaukee, he's, he has been just awful. I mean, there, there's no other word for it, awful. So, I, yeah, I want to see what Carson Edwards has got. I want to see what Trayvon Waters has got against the Kings. You know, that's that's tough going up against Darren Fox, but I mean, hey, <laughs> what are you gonna do? You're gonna say, no, we're gonna put you against Steph Curry. Uh it seems like that's a tougher a tougher match. So I think your your best bet is to do that. I also think you're gonna see some Aaron Neesmith. You know, I think you you you, you let the some of the playmaking and decision making come from Tatum over Brown at this point and you know, maybe, you know, Neesmith is is getting some minutes in there as that other guard. Uh, it's it's gonna be crazy without uh, without seeing Marcus Smart because he does allow you to fit him in so many different spots that you know you don't have that flex weird uh, you know positional uh, issues. Um, well, now without game, you know, I guess let's say the Kings game without Kemba and Smart, um, boy, things get thin fast. So it's it's gonna put a lot on these young players, and that's the thing; these young players have to show. That they can they can compete with consistency, and if they can, that's why I didn't mind you know them seeing what Brad going thirteen you know th- playing thirteen players or twelve players in the first half against San Antonio. These guys are earning it. They had a good run against Chicago and Cleveland. Now, why not give Aaron E Smith some time out there? Why not give Carson some Edward, Edward some time out there? Those guys have to show they can earn that time. If they're not if they're not able to earn time, then what's the point? Right. You need to do that to keep them invested. So that way when they are hitting and they can start building off these good performances, then you've actually got something. That's how you build, you know, successful players. You don't just bury them on the bench and open practice, things were gonna figure themselves out. They just don't it doesn't work that way.
1: Yeah, and it's not gonna work that way for Teague either. <laughs> yeah. He's but. Done. He's done. It does seem like it, doesn't it? I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I but I as much as he may be done, I've told you this. I just don't see Carson Edwards and and Tremont having a long NBA career either. Um, they're not bad, but if they're, if, we'll just see if they hit their shots in the starting lineup, and maybe. Maybe that'll change, you know, but they're going to have to be able to shoot the three ball at a really high percentage to be out on the floor really for any meaningful minutes throughout their career.
0: Yeah, and I think that I mean, I think Treymont I'm just worried i don't I don't know that he has the size. To, to do it, the size and and not yeah, enough. you're
1: not just saying height, you mean physical size. He just physical doesn't size. have the, the mass. Yeah, I I get where you're comparing him to Carson because Carson's Carson's pretty strong. You know, he's Carson's kind of right. yeah.
0: There is a the reason his his nickname is the beef bullet. So you know, look, I, I, Carson's <laughs> got he's got something there. He still has short arms, and his his scorers mentality has been one that, you know, he needs touches to be who he can become. But mentality is 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 fixable. It's malleable. I mean, there are guys who, you know, PJ Tucker was a completely different player when he came in from Texas than what he is now. Um, you know, guys change roles and guys can become different things for their own survival in the league. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna write him off, but I'm gonna say it's an uphill fight for Carson Edwards. Every day. Yeah, it's uh, going to be
1: ugly. This is going to be an ugly stretch when Kemba's not playing, and even then, maybe when he is. But, you know, they've had some some runs and some stretches where they were deep in the bench, and they got some wins. You know, it depends on the matchup. So, I, I guess, I don't know if they'll always play Walker on the first night of a back-to-back. They could give him the first night off, depending on matchups. So, if we go through this, like, definitely... The Kings' games, the one he sits, right? But I'm trying to yeah. pull up the schedule. What are the? What's the next back to back after that? Because uh, I think once they're home, we can look at Pritchard as you know possibly starting to contribute minutes again. But on this road trip,
0: yeah, they don't have another back to back on the road trip. That's the only back to back on the. trip.
1: All right. Well, then that's survivable. It's definitely survivable.
0: It's not until they they come home. Um, and they they have a they have a back to back in two weeks. Um, Sun or uh, excuse me, Tuesday, Wednesday, the sixteenth and seventeenth.
1: Yeah, I think so, I think Pritchard will be back by then. What's the timetable for Smart? Nothing yet, right? Uh, well, oh, no, it's you like, said you said what? Two weeks, maybe three weeks is kind of where they're landing now.
0: Yeah, and and the concern is though is with that injury, it's the type of thing where you can easily re-aggravate it. So I think they're going to be cautious, extra cautious on it. Yeah, if they can get
1: uh, Peyton Pritchard back for that stretch at home, like once they're at home, and mm-hmm. then get Marcus back maybe a week or two after that, that would be the key is them staying healthy, especially as we talked about this on the last show towards the end of the season when the games are packing in a little bit because they're going to have makeups. Has there been any talk about how they're going to do the makeups? Are they just going to tack them on at the end of the year, or are they?
0: No, they they reshuffled some for that week. So they reshuffled the schedule of that kind of uh, Valentine's Day week. I guess here in Maine, it's it's Christmas Christmas. <laughs> it's February vacation week. Um, so they have they kind of rejuggled the lineup, uh, and the and the schedule that week, trying to fit some games in. Um, but also you know this is we only know the schedule at this point up till, um you know, the end of February and then, or I guess early March, the 4th of March. And then after that point, you know, there's going to be a new schedule that's going to be released for the remainder of the season. Sean Grandy had a great tweet kind of showing like, okay, well, who does the who the Celtics have left to play? And you look at that schedule, it's cake. I mean, it's really a pretty easy schedule for the Celtics, the remainder of the way. So if, if it feels daunting in the beginning and, you know, all this is going on, and boy, has it been tough. I think I think that bears itself out. I think once we start to turn into that second half of the schedule, um, if the schedule keeps looking the way that it has so far, I think it, it actually gets a lot easier for the Celtics the remainder of the way. And
1: just because of the opponents. I don't know how I missed this. Was that on Friday night? Is that why I missed that, the changes oh. where they fit in Washington? Uh, I can't. I thought
0: it might yeah. have been this
1: weekend. Yeah, I no, was this weekend. Yeah, I think it was Friday night. I think that's how I missed that. Yeah. Well, so it was Friday it, it, morning you know, actually. Probably Friday morning. I don't know how okay. I missed that. But anyway, they fit in Washington. I see that now. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But you know, that's I mean, I think that there's going to be there's going to be, you know, uh, the rest of this month is going to be tough. I mean, they <laughs> that, let's let's just be be fair. I mean, to go on the regular West Coast road trip Is a challenge Um, in a COVID world. It's doubly difficult. Remember, you can't go out of your lot. mean, you can't. You have an hour basically to go out uh, for physical activity. Then you go back to your room. So, like with these COVID restrictions, as they're supposed to be for the next, I think, two weeks. um, So, I think throughout the throughout Boston's trip, um, they're going to be really in lockdown. They're going to be basically in a bubble um, throughout this West Coast trip. So, you know. The Warriors, the Kings, the Clippers, the Suns, the Jazz, who've been really hot. I mean, that's, that's five challenging games. The Kings less so, certainly, but, but the other four, I mean, the Warriors, you know, they're not obviously mm-hmm. without, without Clay, but that's, that's a tough trip. And the Clippers have, have really started to come on as well. So this, the latter half of the schedule on this, on this road trip, it doesn't get any easier. Um, and so I, I, I just, I worry about, about that end of it, but I don't have to hear my kids yell in the background. I was I'm just going
1: to say, what is that? Yeah. yeah that's hilarious.
0: Yeah, yeah. They're, they're killing somebody on Fortnite or
1: it sounds all auto tuny. So I thought it was like a baby, but now I get it. They're yelling yeah. at the gaming system. That's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. The second, this, this trip's going to be tough. The whole first half of the schedule is going to be rough. And then we'll have to we'll have to pray a little bit that they're healthy and they can kind of make, you know, a little bit easier way towards the postseason and talking about that rest. So they so they stay that way. I guess that's the biggest key. All right. Well, I want to talk yeah. about it. Oh, go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, and
0: that's why Pritchard's return is, is so important, just to, to key on to key on what you had said. But
1: oh, yeah. Yeah. That's all I got. Well, even just the his play has been so important mm-hmm. already. If Teague had come on, it wouldn't have been so important, but he basically leapfrogged Teague. That's 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 saying something. But nothing that nobody else hasn't noticed. Everybody's on the uh everybody is on the eight mile train. So the Super Bowl is here and you can get in on all the action at Bet Online. Tampa Bay, the first team in history to play for the title on their home field, is currently a three-and-a-half-point underdog against Kansas City, looking for back-to-back titles for the first time in almost two decades. And God, I hope they lose. It's the GOAT against the next in line, and bet Online it has hundreds of props on the game, including game MVP, margin of victory, and even the length, of the national anthem, how about that one, John? Always available online or on your mobile device. Bet online, visit them today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on that action. Don't forget to use our promo code CLNS50 to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So, John, the rumors are out. And this this is what she wrote to me. This is one of those, one of these teams has interest, and they're trying to play them all off of each other as if they all have interest. But the J.J. Redick rumor, who's actually a guy I think I brought up, wasn't it last show I brought up J.J. Redick that said, wouldn't it be nice to have some veteran shooting? He is getting a little long in the tooth. He's certainly not going to add anything defensively, but there is something about this rumor that feels a little more, uh, agent manufacturing just the way that they're trying to only target that northeast right <laughs> just that seems so weird to me
0: well that's his off-season home is in brooklyn so that's why you know he wants to get home and, and like you said it's it's clearly from the agent too he is not headed jj has not had a good year uh you know he's career lows in everything. Yeah, I was surprised surprised how
1: bad the three-point shooting was, under 30%. I mean, you would think he would at least be able to set shoot a little bit better than that, regardless of the defense and everything else. Like, that is shocking to me. Maybe it's just a small sample size and bad fit on the team. Like, I just, geez, 29-something percent? Yuck. What the hell? Yeah.
0: I, you know, so he's making like 13, yeah, when you're making 13 million and you're shooting that, I mean, look, could could JJ Reddick of two years ago help the Celtics? Absolutely, uh, he could help, but it, there's a question of, you know, <laughs> what are you what are you not going to be able to compete for uh, for other players by by using assets to acquire him? Uh, and what's the market? You know, uh, you look at the Northeast. Okay, so. What really does Brooklyn have left to, to turn? Um, you know, what does, you know, Philadelphia have left? Um, and really, what are the Celtics' needs? I mean, yeah, yeah, JJ could help. They certainly need shooting. They, you know, frankly, right now you can plug him in and maybe he can at least bring the ball up. Uh, but I don't know that that would be the first thing. I don't know that he would be somebody who would be in my top 20 list maybe of guys I'd I mean, that I'd acquire I, to me, he's a bio candidate. That's why. That's where I'd be looking at from JJ Redick.
1: Yeah, I think he is a buyout candidate. Would you want to store him on the bench in lieu of a Carson Edwards or a Tremont headed into the into the postseason, though? Not necessarily trading for him and trying to have a big role, but somebody who could come in in a couple of key situations.
0: Well, that's it. That's what and that's what that bench needs. You know, that's why I look at I look at the trade deadline as the opportunity to not only maybe get somebody but but open up a couple roster spots and maybe you can, you can bring in some veterans to, to fill up the back end of the bench. Um, yeah, I, I think that's what they need. I think they need to have a couple of those guys who they can count on at, at the back there. Frankly, Jeff Teague, if he's the 15th man on this roster, I am not worried about that. That does not bother me. What bothers me is he's the seventh man. You know, uh, that's the concern, you know, and the fact that Peyton Pritchard has leapfrogged him. uh, You know, I'd love to see other players leapfrog him that, you know, I don't I'm not concerned about having you need to have a certain number of veterans on your team. You know, you need to have those guys who have been there, done it, who can show the, the kids how they how they they can grow and how they can compete but are part of it. They're not distracting to the overall message. The way Kemba Walker is with Jason and Jalen. I mean, that's the type of veteran leadership we need. They need Tristan Thompson's leadership with his championship pedigree and having been there and done that before, you know, they need Jeff T. There's nothing wrong with having vets. The problem is, is that the Celtics bench is full of kids and you've got to hope that, you know, hope and promise of what those kids could provide. It's great. But how much is that providing to Jason and Jalen? to help them win. Um, You know, you hope they can play and perform, but to me, I think really the, the likely outcome is most of those guys are not going to hit. Yeah. Former, you know, late, late first rounders, second round picks. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a good gamble to have if you're Danny Ainge over the course of a full season. But if you have a chance to win the championship or, or get to the finals, are you going to pass that up? Because you know, you didn't have a, a veteran or two who could, could fill up the end of your bench. That would that that seems to be in this situation, and what we saw from that Lakers game, that seems to be a poor decision at this point.
1: Yeah, you're right. They need they do need some vets. So, are, is there anybody you're targeting? Is there anybody that you think is available that they they should get? Are you thinking they need more wing depth? I mean, right now we got an issue with. You know, with injuries, you know, in the backcourt, but is that, you know, is that where the need is here or is it, is it the wings? Because I feel like you have been, we talked about wing depth before the season started. But I feel like when you start calling for Smith, and, you know, even when we see Ojale comes in with Smart being out and really helps the Celtics defense, they were down by seven with what, like 90 seconds left against the Lakers and they climb back in. I mean, I mean, even Walker, as much as you want to kill him, he made a good defensive play to even be in position to take the winner Um they kind of let that game slide away. Honestly, they were lucky to fight back into it, and they really did anchor down on D. But do you think the wing depth is is as big of an issue as it was? Or, you know, is that where you're looking? Are you still looking for shooting, or are you looking for more defense? What do you think?
0: Well, I think that's the biggest question. What is the biggest need? You know, can you can you conceivably get someone? I mean, let's look at let's look at last year's playoffs, right? you know, the team is, is really not that much different. I think you can call for a little bit more from, uh, from your bench, from your, your, your young players, uh, than you did last year. Uh, but what, what did you have? What did that experience tell you? Um, uh, Tice was overmatched at times. Yes. Um, you missed Gordon Hayward's scoring and playmaking. Yes. Um, but you know, what can those teams add? So to me, like it's it's can you get another defender, another wing defender, so that Jalen, Jason don't have to do as much? Um, can you get some scoring um, so that those non, um, you know, those non bench, those non two star units, um, you know, when it's it's Jason and the bench um, as opposed to you know, Akemba and Jalen or whatever that is, whatever that mix is. Well, there's only one of them on the court. They need some help, is what I'm saying. So, what can they do to help in those instances? Can they get some scoring so that, you know, there is somebody a second option in those minutes for Jalen or for Jason or what have you? Um, to me, like, that's the, that's like the, the balance right there is like, is it a defender or is it, or is it a scoring? you know
1: which, well which artifact you can't afford to get is both, it, is my and, well yeah and is it a role player or is it a somewhat dynamic shift right Are are you one of those guys that's pining for Beal even if it costs Walker like that like where where do you do you even think that's a a possibility because going big without giving up Brown or Tatum you know is another way to to create to correct that issue, don't you think?
0: But who's I mean, okay. So if you give up let's say you give up Kemba to get Beal. I don't know think it's going to take a lot to get Beal. Yeah. Uh, if, if you give up Kemba uh what do you can smart be your point guard? Is he the starting point guard on a championship team? And and are there enough balls to go around a Beal? Tatum-Brown team?
1: Yeah, that's my my question. But I will say this. I think there's plenty of balls to go around, and I think Smart will be more than happy to distribute to those three other players, and and potentially defensively, you're stronger, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I just don't know how smoothly the offense runs, but I don't know that the offense is really running that smoothly with Walker. Leading it, I think it was going pretty darn well when Smart was leading it, even when there were some lesser pieces out on the floor with him, even when the injuries were deep. Don't you? I mean, well, I
0: think I think it. I think we need to wait and see. I think that you know things were doing fine before Jalen and Jason kind of rose up, and and you know Kemba, you know obviously his injuries kind of slowed things down. So we need to see what is fully healthy integrated, um, doing just fine Kemba Walker look like next to Jalen and Jason being among the best duos in the whole league? You know, what does that look like? Does it Does it have to be neither or? Is there something else that, that
1: we're missing?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm still in wait and see mode on that. You know, I, I think that I, I just think I don't A see. A big people...
1: move might cost smart too, honestly.
0: Sure, Right. Right, so Peyton Pritchard starting, and then, like, it just... I just don't see the path to the Beal thing, and I don't know do you, who's going to guard the other team's best scorer. Like, is that Jalen's job now? So he's now the If most you lose
1: smart, the that's the issue, because and then, and then the answer admit, is
0: smart. Go, coach. I mean, that just doesn't seem... I don't want to say it's a bad idea, but it just seems like... I think you're asking him to do more than maybe you should be. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just, I look at the team right now. I feel like they have enough in the starting group. Uh, I think, how do you augment that? Like, how do you, I think part of the reason Tice didn't look good is because he was he was really asked to do a lot more than he needed to. And obviously, he was hurt, so he had to get uh, clean up with a cleanup of the knee on there after, after the season. I think that... Tice Thompson Rob Williams situation is going to be good enough I think that's good enough I don't think they need to improve the center position I mean I think they could you know it for some I somehow, just think it's log
1: jammy unless they ship one of them out that's the issue well, to me
0: because I do think never, Rob
1: needs time
0: I, I, I agree with you but there's gonna have to be a third center on the roster like you know I don't know that it's taco but you're going to need another guy to fill that – in terms of roster spots, and maybe it's it's someone lesser, somebody, somebody you don't give time to. Maybe it's a, a vet Dwayne Dedman fills that spot but doesn't play much and you give most of the time to two of them. Um, but I, I think that there's – yeah, I agree. I think two, two – there's room for two guys and a third guy who fills in when there's injuries or foul trouble or whatever. Right now, there are two – those – Three or too close in terms of the pecking order to be able to um, easily divide minutes there. I, I agree with you there. I just don't know if they can extract enough value from one of them to put them in trade to be able to then, you know, make up for something lost. Um, that's the that's the only concern I have. But to me, it's the question of that that question of defense versus offense. Um, you know, if you go out and get an Aaron Gordon, who just Turned his ankle and he'll be out four to six weeks. Um, you're giving up something on the offensive side, but he clearly has enough ability to be a starting caliber player. Now, can they afford him? What do they have to give up to get an Aaron Gordon, as opposed to say Harrison Barnes, definitely a scorer, but is he going to be in your closing lineup? I don't think so. I don't see a way in which you you have Harrison Barnes out there when you have Tatum Brown. Uh, you know, and Kemba and and Tice, you're gonna want smart out there instead because you're gonna need the defense. So it's you know it's this thing where the team's defense as a, as a, on the whole has not been good enough, and so part Consistent of me like enough. They need, they need the defending. issue
1: is, but you but do you agree? The issue is consistency because there are stretches where they're like awesome and they really lock it down, but then there's others when. You know, they're just – I don't know if they're slow on the rotation. probably a variety of reasons, but how many times has effort, you know, been the, the, the call-out, you know, Absolutely. for the team? It's not ability. It's not – see, this no. is where the whole missing piece thing comes into play with the question. There really isn't a missing piece, and maybe that's the veteran presence that, even if they're the 15th man, if they've been there, more people to talk them through, you know – out of that slump, that effort slump or miscommunication slump or whatever is going on, but it just seems like, and this came up a lot last year, too. It just seems like that 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 consistency factor just isn't always there could also have to do with the fact that <laughs> they've got this revolving door of players in the rotation again, you know they also don't have a very consistent rotation right now but but that goes back to the i think relative. Um, flatness
0: of of talent or production once you get outside the top six or seven you know I mean that's why I don't it doesn't bother me that Brad went to 12 deep because can you tell me the difference between what you get from Neesmith versus uh, you know Javante I was just going to say Javante yeah
1: You, know, you, Carson, you get different but, abilities, but you don't necessarily I mean, get a difference in contribution, you know, net right. contribution. They just like, bring a little something different to the table.
0: Grant didn't play at all in the first half, right? But he keyed some of the better lineups of the second second half of that game. But Grant has been probably consistently, I'd say, the worst player <laughs> of late. I mean, he really has been bad. Uh, so it's a, it's a really tough decision. I don't like the 13 players. I'd love to have a tight nine or 10 man rotation and, and you stick with it, but that's not this team. And and frankly, you want 13 because you want the guys. This is about building those young players up. This team is going to go. We saw how good they were with Jalen and Jason at the forefront. We need Kemba to be on, on the level, but this team is only going to go. They're only going to be able to go so far unless Jalen and Jason have the right players around them. And they need Carson Edwards to some degree. They need Neesmith to some degree. They need Grant. They need Romeo. They need I – mean, those guys have to step up or they're gone and we get veterans uh, and and the few young players left also need to step up because that's how you, you build winning teams is you're, you're deep throughout. You know, losing that Miami game six, it wasn't because – uh you know J- you know Jimmy Jimmy uh, uh Butler was just amazing out there and yes Bam had his you know crazy takeover stuff but it was you know Andre Iguodala's threes that, that littered throughout that game you know i mean those things are the killer those are the backbreakers you know it, it was Kelly Olynyk's 27 points against Washington you know It's the other players sometimes. I mean, you need to rely upon that you're going to get your 25 from the stars, maybe 30, from 35 from the stars. But are you going to be able to get that unexpected 12, that unexpected 10 with like five boards and two steals? You know, those are the, those contribute contributions from the bench players, from, from the supporting players are the things that often push you over the top. And I don't think you can say, Oh, we're going to get that from. Carson Edwards from uh, Javante
1: Green. So no, so I don't. That. I don't like. Yeah, okay, but that Brad roll of the dice brought a, a strong. Yeah, you can. yeah. You're talking about that roll of the dice. You know, on any given night, who's it going to be this night? Who's going to be this right. night? That's very challenging for a coach. I mean, I, I realize Brad does a decent job, but that's that's not easy because every minute you're trying to figure out who's going to give you what you want, you're losing ground against your opponent.
0: And and it's more likely you're going to get that from Harrison Barnes. You're going to get that production from Harrison Barnes. You're going to get that from from Aaron Gordon, I guess. You know, that's why the loss of Gordon Hayward um, hurts, but it remains more of a theoretical loss than an actual loss because – while we see him scoring right now and, and playing great in Charlotte, good on you, dude. But, but my man, my man, like we went to the playoffs three years and the only time you were out there is when you were playing with Kyrie in that bastardized season uh, of 2019. So to sit here and be like, Oh, we, we all, you know, it's, you know, losing Gordon Hayward is a killer loss. Like, Dude, we've been there. We're over that. You know, it's just that was that's a sunk cost. We're we're over that. So what can we get? Who can we bring in? What's our alternative? Um, you know, if we get Harrison Barnes and he plays every game, um, and and only gets paid sixteen, seventeen, eighteen million dollars, but scores averages, let's say fourteen points uh, in the playoffs, that's more than we got from Gordon Hayward last year. You know. I mean, that's, that's what I'm talking about, is it's, it's consistent effort in that, you know, third, fourth, fifth spot, you know. And I think what I'm, what I'm trying to figure out, and I haven't really figured out, I'm, I'm, I want to hear what you think. Because, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of in the air about it. I want scoring. I love the idea of having somebody who's a, kind of a low-usage scoring guy but can get a bucket if you need it as a secondary guy part of me feels like I want a guy like Gordon Hayward. Excuse me, Aaron Gordon. Boy, that was a Freudian slip. I want uh,
1: Aaron, Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon Hayward. Something. That's who yeah, you want.
0: <laughs> exactly. I want. I want Gordon. I want. Yeah, did it to me again. Yeah, I want Aaron Gordon because I want a defender who will take the other team's wing. You know, I don't want Jalen and Jason chasing. You know, these guys. I want. I want to say I want that guy, I want Gordon to be the guy who's facilitating, rebounding, and taking care of that guy and freeing up Jalen and Jason to do a lot more, you know, offensively. That's, that's kind of what I want to see, you know. Um, but I, that's assuming that their relative cost is somewhere. But, I mean, what do you feel like? What, did the, what do you think they need? in clutch. terms of not just just not just about bottom of the roster but but what do they what can they add to this team to
1: yeah, push clutch. them to the next level clutch clutch sports need, yeah they need, <laughs> <laughs> no they need somebody who's clutch you know they real they need guys that can make winning plays and come off the bench to do it that's kind of what I was getting at with that revolving door with you're right why not go 12 13 deep because you don't know what you're going to get from x on any given night and you're not going to know who's hot and sometimes you're going to play the matchups but that doesn't mean the problem with young guys filling out the end of your bench especially when you get to the postseason is the fact that they just haven't been there before and you don't know if you can count on them to make the big play. And I think at this point, like, they'll make their way through the season. They're going to have to deal with what every other team is going to have to deal with, which is injuries. I do feel like Tristan Thompson has clutch in him, and he will come up with clutch plays, but they just need more of those guys. They need need the P.J. Browns. They need guys that maybe you're not going to get, a solid 12 minutes out of them. But if you need them for two minutes, you're going to get exactly what you want out of them for two to four minutes. And, and I really feel like that's the problem with having a young bench, especially later on. And
0: and that's the, I understand why Danny, I understand why Danny didn't want to, you know, arguably throw away his picks you know, two, three picks for Davis Bertans or, you know, who some of these guys, crazy number of picks being offered. Now maybe the value of an individual pick is higher, but unfortunately now Boston's you know load of picks is gone. So what's the alternative? You gotta boost the stock of each of these players. You gotta get as high a possible stock for Grant Williams and Romeo and all these guys You've got to try to make them players. You know, that's that's the only way to turn some of this bench into something that makes sense. I mean, you've got two guys, on this, two guards. I'm just not 60.
1: sure you can do that. Maybe Grant Williams, you know, but I'm just not sure that you can do that. Um, but they've got this trade player exception, right? Traded player exception. And that's really where the possibilities lie. Take on a little extra salary, maybe more than you want, and maybe even throw in a pick, you know, that kind of a thing, but something that doesn't necessarily cost you your assets. Players got value for the team. Maybe they're on a short deal. You know, everybody wants to use that traded player exception to bring on another, you know, superstar type thing, but they just don't really have the money for that anyway, long term. You know, that was going to be an issue with keeping Gordon as well. Um, you know, fortunately we have Jalen and Jason locked up, you know, but we've got Walker on a pretty sizable contract. You don't think there were going to be issues if they re-signed Hayward with rounding out this bench? You know, you're going to have four players and everybody else on their rookie deal. You weren't, would have been hard to keep smart, might've pulled that off, but then that's it. You know, Rob Williams doesn't stay. Any, you know, Neesmith isn't going to end up staying. Pritchard isn't going to end up staying. You're going to have a revolving door of draft picks, and and one of them is going to have to be in your starting five, most likely in that scenario. So, um, I I kind of think, you know, why not use that traded player exception and bring somebody in who can who can be a big impact, who might be slightly overpaid. I just don't know who that is right now. Because going back to your point, I don't know how you, I don't know how you, um, I don't know how you figure out what they need, (laughs) you know, and and you almost are just going to have to take, if somebody comes available like that, where you can get them on a deal because they're slightly overpaid, you just got to take it and run with it, you know, guys like Steve Adams, you know, Stephen Adams come up all the time in that even though he's got a lot to give, right? But his contract's pretty sizable, isn't it? Like, I want to say it's pretty high. Um, And I don't think they would – I don't think anybody – it's probably above our traded player exception, honestly. But I'm just thinking, like, players like that who have a really high salary, that especially if they're not performing this year, maybe they just – you know, their team isn't going to go to the postseason and, you know, and, uh, and their contract's coming up. And then the team wants to do more of a restart. Like, I think that's where these where the opportunities might be, but I haven't really done any research to figure out who fits that bill. Well, Aaron Gordon doesn't
0: honestly. Right. So, well, yeah, I mean, I think Aaron Gordon is more of the, um, kind of Marcus Smartish kind of facilitator rebounder does the other things to, you know, winning play central. The issue is Aaron Gordon's 25, 26. Does he have the mentality right now to be that guy on a winning team? Um, You know, is he ready to to not be the star uh, who gets the points? You know, he's been in Orlando and on some pretty bad teams. He might be ready for that. But, um, you know, I don't know the answer to that. In terms of what his skill set is, we should be able to be, it would be perfect, but I'm not sure we're there with him right now. Um, Harrison Barnes is probably the other major guy. Again, a guy whose contract is going down, but Team USA guy was on those those Warriors teams, has that pedigree. But he's 28. He's a little bit older. He's played on a bad a lot of bad teams since he left the Warriors. Maybe he's ready to kind of be a little bit of an elder statesman type, but. Again, he's low usage. So that's what I like about him. He's low usage. He's an efficient score. I mean, he's not a super efficient score, but he can shoot the three pretty well. Um, and again, he's playing on a bad team that's, you know, seemingly not going to be in it.
1: Yeah, uh, there's, you know, there's plenty of upside for being on a championship team and a guy who already can kind of know his role. But mm-hmm. he's been on some good teams, and so yeah, those are. That's a good. That's a good off. You're offering up a good player to fit the bill there just because somebody who kind of is on these, like you said, bad teams, maybe getting a little sick of it and knows that they're not playing for their, you know, next contract that puts them as the star of the team. Like that part of the dream is over.
0: Right. That's, you almost have to have that, I think. You need to have somebody who's moved. Up. I mean, P.J. Tucker wants a bigger contract, but he's not even making $10 million a year. P.J. Tucker could be a guy, but he's 36. You know, do you want, I mean, are you going to use that TPE to bring in somebody who, I mean, to me, you got to bring in somebody who's here, who's going to stay here. Um, You're going to have for a number of years. So uh, you're going to have to resign him to a bigger contract. You want how much money, how many years out do you want to be paying P.J. Tucker? That's a whole thing. Um, you know some of the other Orlando guys. Uh, Evan Fournier, he's on an expiring deal. Uh, Terrence Ross is on a three-year deal. He might be a good fit, thirteen million dollars, but he can shoot, kinda. You know, he's he, he, he's he's made some Celtics games uh, go sideways for Boston because he can get hot. But does he do enough? You know. In terms of being that scorer, apart from you know, uh, on the other wing, it opens things up. He can do that, but how much more? To me, I'm 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 more. I'd rather spend more draft capital to to get Harrison Barnes than I would to um, spend maybe just the TPE and a number one, let's say, um, for uh, a guy like like Ross, but. I don't even know if it would take that much, honestly. I mean, to get some of these teams off of some money in the middle of a pandemic.
1: Well, you know what, John? That's a great question. A lot of good questions here. But I think the biggest one for me, as I know we're getting ready to wrap the show, is, you know, what's a timeline for something like this? I mean, if they're going to shuffle the deck with the schedule, is that maybe the best time where they that like they're taking stock of the team at that point? They know who's going to. You know, I'm assuming everybody's going to essentially be healthy, but they'll have a much bigger sample size with Walker, too, at that point. I mean, do you just kind of hold on to that point in the season, or do you think there's a little more impetus to want to make a move uh, and get the the chemistry together? I guess it kind of depends on who they're targeting, too. But.
0: Well, you know, they're, they're due to have a bit of a break, too, in between uh, the start of the first half and the second half. Uh, that may get eaten up when they're trying to fit in some some games, but there, that may be a good time uh, to to bring in a new player. We still have a lot of teams that are that still think they're in the mix. I mean, the Knicks are playing well, the Cavs are playing well. Uh, you know, Orlando had started off so hot, now of course people are starting to get hurt, and that's that's falling by the wayside. I mean, it's just like any other NBA season where. You know things look great, and then all of a sudden, certain you know, the teams, the bad teams, start to fall off. Um, you know, the Hornets are seven and ten, the Bulls are seven and ten. Um, now, will the Raptors and Heat, you know, remain among that kind of rough start crew? I don't know, but I I have to think that we're going to be looking for trades. Not even, I, probably, it's going to be about a month away. You know, honestly, while everyone's kind of hot and bothered about JJ Redick and whatever. I don't think the Celtics are really going to do much of anything until they get a little bit further on. I'd love it. I'd love to have more time with whomever this TPE player is to build a little more, you know, chemistry and a bit, you know, better bond with some of these guys. And certainly with some of the injuries and COVID weirdness, you could always have more players. But um, I think it's just going to be a while, don't you?
1: Yeah, I do. I think it's going to take a little while. I, I To your point about some of these young players, too, and giving them minutes, I think they'd rather take some time and figure out if they can who they're going to squeeze out of the rest of that because it isn't going to be practice time, right? <laughs> uh, it is going to be uh, playing time that's going to help them figure that out. And so why not take more and more time? Plus, I don't even – doing deals early – is usually it's not always the best deal. I know we've made a couple, right? But we're usually sending out more in those kinds of moves earlier in the in the off in the, you know, season for trading. Usually those moves that happen earlier, you're sending out a lot more than the Celtics are going to want to send out or have to send out in this scenario. So I think this is one of those things where everybody's always trying – like whoever they get is probably going to be somebody worth getting to some extent, which means they're going to have competition, which means whoever's selling isn't going to want to sell early. They're going to want to sell at the last minute when they figure they can drive the highest value, right?
0: I, yeah, undoubtedly. I think that's absolutely right. So going early isn't going to be put the Celtics in the best possible position. Those younger players will be better in March, you would hope, than they are here in the beginning of February.
1: Yeah. Well, all right, we've got a little bit of a road trip to deal with. You and I like to make predictions in past seasons. We haven't recently. What do we think? They're going to end up playing four games before we come back again? Is that right?
0: Yeah, seems like it. Warriors, Kings, Clippers, Suns. You know they, they may play. The, we may we may get in before the Jazz game on Tuesday. But uh, yeah, I think those four games. That's 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 uh, that's some tough. Especially that Clipper game on uh, on Friday night is going to be a real real show. Because as I said, the Clippers have, have started to turn things uh, on the on the upswing.
1: So so I think I'm um, going three. And, I mean one and three. What are you doing? Ooh, ooh. Um, I'm gonna say two and
0: two. I'm gonna so say two two. So they get the and Kings
1: two. and
0: I think they'll get the Kings and I think they're actually gonna. I think they're gonna get the Suns at a weird. Uh, no, I'm, excuse me. I think they're gonna get the Warriors and the Kings. I think they're gonna win the first two. Um, I like the start. Clippers are gonna be. I think that's a that's gonna be a, a tough game. It's to gonna go out of the final mm-hmm. minutes, but they're not gonna pull this one out. Kind of like last year where. They went to toe to toe with the Clippers there uh, on a, probably one of the better games of the season, and the Suns game is a two o'clock game on Sunday of Super Bowl Sunday, and I don't care what you say. Every time the Celtics play the, the Phoenix Suns on an afternoon, it always gets weird. I'm not. I'm not. They get run I, out of the building. Off. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm
1: yeah. with you.
0: I can, so I can. Two and two is as good as I can see.
1: Yeah, I think if they get two wins, they're the two wins you're looking at for sure. I mean, I can definitely see them beating Golden State. Um, that's that's that game is not only achievable. It's and they've even in the past they've they've had kind of Golden State's number, so they they tend to match up well. And this this is the weakest Golden State team other than last season that they've really faced, right? So for sure. yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I
0: think so. And you know, flippers are good. You know, sons. It's a weird time, and I just never have a lot of faith in those situations. But yeah, also they're on the road and they're only in their their uh, hotel rooms. So who knows what's going to happen? So
1: Devin Booker loves to play the seas. All right, I'll go one and three. You go two and two, and then we'll come back after four games, and we'll uh, we'll review. That's going to do it for this week's show. Uh, thank you for – you can follow Celtic – see, I've lost my script, John. You can follow Celtic Stuff Live on – i. you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We definitely appreciate a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And for John and myself, thanks for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Oh, my God.